What is going on, my podcast family? Welcome to the first ever episode of Knowing is Knowing. I'm your host, Rashad Young. I appreciate you all being here today. It's truly an honor for you to take the time to listen to my podcast with a million podcasters out there in the world. If you've been a part of my journey, you'll understand this isn't my first podcast. This is actually my fourth solo podcast. I look at podcasts like albums. I'm really big in the creative space. Uh, for me, I always try to find ways to rebrand myself and to really you know find a deeper meaning in life and so for this one man knowing is knowing really his home first off shout out to my brother my brother curtis aka neptune uh he's been saying this for a while we never understood what that meant i i had the opportunity to be blessed for using this for my content so i appreciate you i appreciate you bro and the whole point of knowing is knowing is to really have deep meaningful conversations not only with guests that i may bring going but maybe through books maybe through things that are going on in the world and for me as I mentioned, finding deeper meaning is very important to me because the world is full of many questions and there's a lot of answers that we wish to love to have answered. And sometimes we don't know. Sometimes it's just having that that thought and that value of wanting to learn more and to be more uh, in tune with yourself and to really be better for who you are is something that you know we really strive for and we need to really experience in order to really be better in life as people. And so today's episode is really important, even though it's the first one. I'm super excited to have this guest, my first guest for this one, and somebody who means very much a lot to me, even though I am like her annoying little brother. She's somebody I met roughly about a year ago. Her name is Yolanda Mercer. She is a speaker, a businesswoman, an entrepreneur. I mean, Yolanda does it all. I, she's an author. I mean, I can keep going. You know, honestly, with Yolanda, you have to usually have an invoice uh, before you even get in the, in the same space as her. So right now, she's doing this for free. This is why I'm doing this drop now before she even gets on. So, you know, she may change her mind. I don't want her to change her mind. You know, like I want to make sure we actually have this done the right way. But I think it's going to be a great conversation because we met last year, roughly around in July. We both were going through two transformational periods in our life. And I think it was, that's kind of how we connected. We connected going through the same thing and talking to each other about it and how to overcome it. And she really just gave me a perspective of just how to keep moving forward, keep being mindful, and it's find ways to be better and be self-reflective and using that to provide value for other people. So, Yolanda, I thank you. I appreciate you all for listening. I promise you this is going to be a fun, impactful, impactful video. I'm super excited. Hopefully, I don't I don't get too carried away as far as the jokes with me and her do joke back and forth. But seriously, though, she is definitely a very special woman. And make sure you all check out her content as she provides it uh, at the end of the pod. Hope you all enjoy this. Hope to see y'all soon. Make sure to subscribe to this on YouTube or your favorite audio platform. I am on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you can get your audio podcast from. Like I said, also subscribe to me on YouTube. Enjoy the episode. Until next time, peace. Okay, so, you know, I could I could just get into just giving you a hard time for the next 45 minutes to an hour, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like I said, I gave you a nice, a nice little drop. Uh, I considered you my big sister, you know, it took a while to get here, but, um, no, seriously though, you are somebody that I admire from afar. You know, I can't be too close cause you know, the invoice and stuff like that. We can't, I ain't got the money to, yeah. pay for presents, but I am here with Yolanda. Yolanda, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited and, uh, looking forward to what you have in store for us. <laughs> I mean, it's the first, it's the first episode, so you got to start off on a high note, you know, no. people listening, you know, this is the standard. I, I picked the best to start it off with, you know, and 
if you flop, man, you know, I know who to, I know who to blame, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm sure you have no problem blaming me. No, of course not. I have, I have no reason to do that. We, well, why would I blame you? You know, like that. We're good. That, that We're good. I do this, so, and clearly I, you do this. I, hey, I, you do this. I'm a, I'm a regular guy, but I, I appreciate you taking the time though. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, um, to come. I know you had a busy day. I know you was out, you know, speaking, speaking the positive words to, to the youth. So, how was that though? Was that good, by the way? It was good. Queen Camp, right here in St. Louis. Such a fun time. Anybody with little girls, definitely a great positive environment to sign up for your child. So, <laughs> for those who don't know you, how did how did we get here? You know what I mean? Like, how do we get to Yolanda, the star now that catches flights all the time, you know, speaking at different conferences, uh, you know, got thousands of followers on Instagram, write books, you know, like how did how do we get here? Take take me to the journey. I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out. We met about a year ago, but take me to the journey. How you got here today? It started during the pandemic, of course. I've been in higher ed for seven years and clearly the universities were closed because of COVID. And so one of my mentors was like, you should be in business for yourself. Yes, you counsel students, but you should have your own clients. You should be writing books. You should be doing all these things. People are asking you for advice for free and you should be charging them. See, someone planted the invoice seed. <laughs> And so it. while I was in the house quarantining like millions of other people, I got a business plan together. I hired somebody to create me a couple of websites, one for personal use and one for a boutique. Um, I started writing manuscripts. I wrote four manuscripts. Um, I got a business license and I published my first book. I couldn't have a book cover of me because clearly everything was closed. So the cover is not my face, but you know, it was definitely a beginning to all that we have now. And so when the world opened up, by that time I had gotten on Instagram um, I was not a social media person at all, but because of my consistency, I was able to grow to over 10,000 followers and people just started going to my website and booking me <laughs> to speak at conferences. And when the world opened up in 2021, literally in January, I went to my first conference to speak and I had no clue like what I was doing. I asked the conference host, oh, well, how much do I need to pay for my hotel? <laughs> and she was like, see, that's not how this works. Like when someone books you, they pay for your hotel, they pay for your flights and they give you a check. Like this is how this works. And I just had no clue. I, I just was green. So yeah, ever since 2021, this has been my life. So it, the rest is history. Are you telling me you had no experience prior to COVID? Like as far as speaking, 
No, I had not spoken at a conference. I had not written a book. I had not had my own personal coaching clients. It literally was just me ripping off the Band-Aid and kicking fear out the door and saying, I'm just going to do this. So I literally sat in my bed. I text like 15 people and I said, hey, I'm starting a coaching business. You want to be my first client? And they all say yes. So literally that was my first bag. (laughs) And I mean, I sent them, I created my own information. So my own intake process, my own, as far as informational booklet for each client to have, my own contracts. I sent them to all of them, got them scheduled. And I mean, within weeks, I was literally in quarantine like this on Zoom with clients every day. That sounds like such a, you know, it's a beautiful story. When you think about everything that happened during COVID, you know, a lot of people were were being innovative like that. Yeah. I think that's actually really impressive that you took the time to just just pretty much say whatever, figure it out and turn it to something very successful. Now, you know me, I'm a little bit of a pocket watcher, so I got to ask you, you ain't got to disclose the exact amount. You ain't got to disclose the exact amount. That doesn't matter. Um, your first conference, how much How much did you get range-wise? Um, it wasn't that much, actually. I want to say it might have been 250 And then, of course, my flight was 350 and my hotel was maybe about the same. So, I mean, 250 was the check and then they also paid for my hotel and flight. So yeah, about a thousand. So that's when you knew. You got that first 250 check. You was like... Yeah, it was like, I loved what I did. And that particular conference was a women's conference. And... The girl who was hosting it was a pastor. So, of course, it was more just women, Christian-based. And I was given the topic confidence. So, to be able to, you know, teach people how to have confidence or just more about confidence, I just felt at home. And so, to be able to get paid to do something that you love and, oh, my God, I'm actually good at this. And when I told them this is my first conference, they was just like, you're lying. And I said, no. (laughs) So it just shows like when you love something, you have a passion for it. Why not just do it? You know, you do it afraid. But I mean, all in all, you can feel when something is your purpose. So with confidence, it's something that you feel like you've always had growing up. You always felt like you was a very charismatic person. Would you consider yourself a, a shy person, an introvert? Because when I first met you, I'm not going to lie, I didn't think you were like what I've seen on social media. When I saw that first no. clip, I was like, bro, who is, I was like, who is this? This is a whole different person. Bro. No, no, I am not. I'm definitely 100% introvert. I'm very quiet. It takes me a while to get to know people, especially if I'm meeting groups of people at one time. So I always encourage people never to allow your personality to detour your purpose because Mm. nobody would ever be able to know 
who I am when I speak or when I have, if I'm in a church, then of course I'm more so preaching or like when I write or I sing. <laughs> so when I sing, all of these things, nobody would ever know. I remember one time I had to speak in Delaware, but the um, airport was in Philadelphia. So my driver picked me up and we had to drive to Delaware and of course I said like two words and so on the ride back to the airport she was like I just want to keep it a book the ride there I was thinking to myself what in the world is she possibly gonna say because she said two words in the car <laughs> and she was like when you hit the stage I didn't even know this was the same person that was in my car and I said I'm not offended I get that all the time and it's okay. I love to surprise people. And I just think of myself in that way as God's biggest surprise. Oh. I'm not surprised you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a you answer. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's funny. I didn't even know you can sing. I'm like being serious. I did not know that. Well, yeah, Here, I mean, know you. I've never knew that. Yeah. I don't really, well, I think all the time in my office, so I'm sure I annoy whoever is around me, but as far as, like, I don't just walk around singing to people, but yeah, it's something I've always done. I had parents who, if I told them I wanted to do something, then they invested in it, so I was like, oh, I want to be a cheerleader. Okay, let's take you to some camps. Oh, I want to play basketball, so, oh, we'll put you in all these leagues. Oh, I want to run track. Oh, well, we'll hire you a private coach. So when I told them I wanted to sing, they got me a vocal coach, and the rest is history. I'm learning. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Seriously, I didn't know. So blame that. my parents for you know making me an anomaly because I feel like oh. <laughs> some guys are like, oh, "Have you ever heard that you can't be intimidated?" And I'm just like, "I have. Oh. I had supportive parents." <laughs> I guess we're gonna go that route right now. Then I guess I was I was gonna wait. I was gonna wait, but this week. No, no, you can wait. You can wait. Uh, I'm just saying I had very supportive parents. So I was like, I, I, I appreciate wanna... them. Yeah, shout out to Brenda and James. Shout out, shout out to your parents, man. You got siblings, right? How many siblings you got? I have one older brother. He's two years older than me, and his name is Justin. And yeah, that's my roadie. Like we talk every morning. He sends me my little good morning, beautiful text. And I always tell people like, he's my real father. <laughs> I have a father, but my father is, you know, an introvert as well, but my brother is not. He's very outspoken and very strong willed, um, the big football player. So always protective and yeah that's so him. let's get back to the confidence so let's say you, you have clients who, when you talk to your clients what, what are they coming to you about are they coming to you about business or are they coming to you about confidence or speaking or writing books like what exactly do you provide in your services i actually give them that opportunity to do so um my services are pretty much split up into programs so I have one program called Gift Institute, and it's for people who just don't know. They want to know 
what their gifts are and they want to be able to utilize them or they have some type of cognizance that they are gifted or they may, you know, have something that they want to pursue in life. They just don't know what that is. And so through that program, I help people really discover and unearth their gifts. Um, I also have a program called No Caves. This is also a conference that I do every year. So I'm planning a conference now um, as we speak. But the premise of No Caves is um, my mentor told me, he was just like, you know, I feel like you've been in a cave for the past 10 years, which he's right. Like I was just a full-time college student. Um, I never talked to anybody. I literally, I lived with my parents while I was in grad school. So, and the two friends that I had, they were married with kids and their spouses lived like across the world. So I pretty much, you know, spent my time in school and that's it. <laughs> so I wasn't even using any gifts that I had. And so that he was like, it's really time for you to come out of the cave and no longer be hidden, but to be highlighted. And so I kind of ran with that idea and um, one of my books is called Come Out of the Cave, which is, you know, just coming out of your comfort zone. And so the premise of No Caves is to encourage women to try new things, um, to really embrace their uniqueness. Um, one of the things I always tell people is that your uniqueness will always feel like awkwardness until you figure out its relevance. And I think that's so true because for a long time, I just feel strange. <laughs> Why do I not like fit in? Why do I always have things that I'm really good at? And then people are like jealous about it. I'm just looking at it with a side eye. Like this is just me. <laughs> so to be able to help other women figure out their passions and go after it. I love placing women in environments that force them to show up in a different way. So if you say, oh, I think I'll be a great speaker, then I will contact 50 women and place them on a Zoom and I'll make you speak. And <laughs> That's cool. I and that. they're like, wait a minute. What? And I tell them what's happening. I was like, well, I created a small empowerment summit. 50 women will be attending. It'll be through Zoom. This is the, you can pick the topic that you would like to speak about. And they're just like, wait a minute. I said, I wanted to speak. Now you're like throwing me in this situation. You're right, I am. And they always show up. They always utilize the skills that we have talked about and really built through our entire process. And yeah, I just, I love doing that. So what got you to, I guess, get out of your own comfort zone? Cause you said something that's really resonated. I mean, it resonates with me. I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people is that uh, you feel like you're in a cave for 10 years, rather mm -hmm. that's your own environment or working at a job. Like people who have their own experience where they feel like they're not getting their, their light to be shined, whatever. What got you to finally hit that switch and be like, all right, this is this is my time and I'm gonna gonna move forward with that? Um, I would definitely say just 
having so much time to myself during the pandemic and being shut in during the quarantine and again having my mentor to just bring it to my realization that you are gifted you have all these amazing things that you're capable of doing just do them and even just him being an example he had been a lawyer for years um but he had never done his own thing and so he just kind of during the same time he was an example he went out and started a couple of law firms didn't have a clue what he was doing <laughs> He just knew that he no longer wanted to work for somebody else. And so, you know, just be an example of somebody just moving in faith and walking fearlessly really show me that I can do the same thing. And then also just having enough faith to not depend on certainty. I think that's what holds so many of us back because when you make an idol out of certainty, then you limit your capacity. Like it's so much more stuff you will be able to do if you stopped waiting for things to be certain and things to be perfect and things to be blameless with no blemish. Like it's just not going to happen. Certainty is an illusion. And I just think that embracing change, embracing transition and new things without certainty um, is really the main thing that encouraged me to just step out and believe in myself. Hmm. That was well said. No, I usually don't give you a lot of compliments, but that was that was well said. I felt I felt I felt that. I felt that. Really felt yeah. felt at home. So correct me if I'm wrong. You are an author of five. Yes. Five books. Or one on the way, right? Or five yes. Books. Five one on six. Well, I've written too many books right. that I don't really talk a lot about because I kind of wish I didn't put them out because I don't use them. Um, I feel like I was just so excited while I, when I did that book, I was like, oh man, let me do that. So <laughs> I put out two like many, many books. They're very small um, and, and they have nothing to do with my brand. Um, <laughs> hey, I so <laughs> yeah. And but aside from that, yes, I have Hidden, which was my first book that I wrote during the quarantine, which is, of course, really what I just told you about being hidden and being okay with being hidden. I think there's such a negative connotation with having a time to be hidden. But I think during that time, you are able to learn, you're able to grow, you're able to see other people's mistakes and really make sure that you can handle um, what it is that you're asking for because sometimes your, you know, elevation can take you to places that your experience is not ready for or any of those things, to be honest, <laughs> when you matriculate, but your maturity is not ready for that. So, I think it, it's a very important place to be 
when you're in a hidden place. So that's what that book is about. Um, after that, I wrote Breaking Up with Comparison, which um, was a really big book for me because that's something I struggled with right after college because all of my friends are very successful. <laughs> and I'm looking at them like, wow, they have husbands and kids and they're starting businesses or six-figure jobs. And that was not my experience post-college. Like, I just went back to school. <laughs> I didn't have, like... <laughs> This six-figure offer. Um, right. I was an education major, so I mean, there would be no six-figure offer from any school. Right. And um, yeah, so the things that they were pursuing were not the things that I was pursuing, which can be isolating uh, when you choose to compare yourself to somebody. But I just feel like when you emulate others, um, I think in turn, you alienate God. Like he's the one that creates our plans. So why, why would I compare my plan to someone else's plan in a way it makes it feel like he made a mistake? So um, that was very important. And I definitely enjoy writing that book. And then after that, like I said, come out of the cave, which is about coming out of your comfort zone and just trusting the process. And then I wrote Born to be Wild, which was my latest book. Uh, I love that book. It's my favorite book. I still read that book in the mornings because I had no idea I would be going through such a major transition in my life. So <laughs> the thing, like when I tell you, I read that book page for page. And I'm just like, oh my God, like Yolanda, like the stuff you are writing. <laughs> and yeah, and so many people send me messages about that book. Like, oh my, even my husband is reading this book because he's going through a huge transition right now and it is helping him so much. So I love encouraging other people and trying to help them through transition because it's hard to transition well. It just is. And so I always say that change is a gift, but transition is a skill. And I think that if you can learn to transition well, then that's half the battle of the evolution of you. And so the book that will be coming out in August um, is, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm a big deal. <laughs> that's something I'm working on um the book that's coming out is called new kid on the block the art of starting over and I'm excited about this book because you know it has a lot to do with where I am now a lot to do with transition and starting over so yeah yeah that's um it's kind of how we met it <laughs> is we trauma bonded that's I didn't want to I didn't want to say it I didn't want to say it. I was I was recording the, I was recording the drop, and I was like, "Do I tell people that we kind of met like two traumatic situations?" Like, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> tell the people, tell the like, people. Who? Well, it was like maybe what two weeks, like in separation. Of, yeah, I yeah. think I was mine was first in July, and then yours was like right <laughs> mm -hmm. like, right after, and then I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay," because I remember when we first met. Uh, well, I mean, you always say that when when you first you know 
started with you know where we where we work at where where you work at. I don't work there. <laughs> uh, you didn't you didn't know about me because you know I wasn't the most uh, eager to <laughs> eager to be there. No, you were not. You were not enthused at all. Ah <laughs> uh, man, you know you know like I said you know about me. You know if I want to be somewhere or not it shows. But yes, uh, it was really interesting because you know me going through that. I, you know, it's a very isolated feeling. You have no idea how to explain your entire situation. Like I told you, it felt like, you know, Tyler Perry just created an entire life script in front of my eyes. Like, <laughs> it was great. And so to hear, to hear your experience gave me some perspective. I'm like, it actually isn't as bad as, as it could be. It could. It's not as bad as it could be. Look at her. <laughs> it, could, it could be worse but I, I i'll say and if you want to share you know what you want to share that's fine um i will say when i when i just heard the origins of it i was just like wow the things we will do for the people that we think that we love um mm -hmm. oh would you like to share how we got you ain't gotta share everything <laughs> <laughs> but, but, well, but if people to get a perspective, go, go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. We were having an event at work and it was bring your spouse and kids. And so <laughs> I just, I'm standing there minding my business and you're in the corner like, <laughs> get some more work. <laughs> Here's the more work than you think. Like, and I'm just like, oh my. Like, Very dark time. <laughs> what has happened? Like, who has hurt you? Like, where is this man? Kids, somebody offer up your child to this man. <laughs> he, is, he is hurt. And so that's what sparked the conversation about kids. And you were just like, yeah, well, I've experienced this because I experienced a breakup recently. Part of me is still fresh. Like, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you came in very hot. Just, just seeing the, the kids, you were triggered. And I was just like. I was very much triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, anybody that kids, I was mad, man. I don't want to see you. Why are you happy? <laughs> that was really like the sentiment of your reaction just to the environment. Like, I didn't have to ask a question. I mean, you literally was just like, kids are all over the work. Like, you think it's all for the games, but I was just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So that's literally how we met. And then, I don't know, a week or two later, um, I am with my ex-boyfriend and he tells me that, you know, he needs more time. And just a little backstory, I, like, I am not from St. Louis. I moved here nine months ago from North Carolina and my ex moved me here, um, bought a ring, bought a house, sat down with my parents, um, 
sat down, you know, with his family and my friends and planned a grand, you know, party and get together to celebrate um, our engagement. And as soon as I moved here, he just voiced to me that he was not ready. He said mm. that he was in love with the idea of marrying me. And as soon as I got here, he realized, wow, this is actually reality. <laughs> and he was not ready to lead someone in a marriage. And mm. so desire for me, you know, to wait around still allow him to be my community and, you know, still desire me to, you know, be company and companionship and a church member <laughs> and all of the things, just no commitment. And that was not something I desired to sign up for because, you know, after two years, what is there to think about? <laughs> what is there to be confused about? Um, so yeah, I decided to stay because of course that's a question like, well, hey, do I move back right. to North Carolina? Of course, my family was like, move back. Like, we'll take care of you financially until you find something. You don't have to stay out there. And I decided to stay. Uh, in order to just rebuild and figure this thing out. And yeah, I'm glad that I did because I have had some great opportunities here that I would not otherwise have been afforded. But, you know, sometimes we have this idea of what our destiny looks like, <laughs> but we have a misconception of the vehicle that God chooses <laughs> to get us there. And so as much as I like where I am now, I do not like the vehicle that was used, <laughs> which is him. And that's my story. <laughs> this is, you know, I, I was trying my best not to make this a petty, petty thing. Cause you know, it's no, <laughs> it's, you know, you know, we, we, we don't have to do those things, you know. We, you know, you you've changed, you moved forward, and I, mm -hmm. I personally don't think in doing that. But now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I was I was down bad, man. At that at that point in time, because it was so fresh, it was like, you know, it's just like I had so many questions. I was trying to figure out different answers, and I was like, here you come in. I'm like, oh, all right, you know what, brother? Yeah. yeah. Cool, I had man. even more questions because I mean, who uproots their life in three days just to, you know, get it flipped upside down? <laughs> How deep is your love, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when I tell you the crazy things you do for love, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> Tell you that, man. It's a, a lot. Oh God. Yeah. You don't, you don't you don't try to you don't you don't um you don't beat yourself up for that, you know, because you No. Know, 
No, no not at all. I think even with the proposition of me waiting around, I chose to opt out of <laughs> that decision or choice because one of the things that I really believe in and I feel like my whole mindset during that time was no thank you because I would rather adjust my life to your absence than adjust my future or my peace to your presence. And mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's really my main mindset when I even heard those words come out of his mouth. Like, no, thank you. I'd rather adjust my life to you not being here than adjust my peace to you being here. Like, because <laughs> that like wrecked me. You know, I was severely depressed because I just didn't know what was next because this is all the plan had been. So to all of a sudden have a pivot, I didn't know what to do with that pivot. And one of the things that I had to teach myself is that the pivot is not a punishment. That's what I thought it was. I was like, what heck? Why do I have to, you know, have this engagement called out? Why did I have to move out here? And all of a sudden, my life is not what I thought it was going to be. Why is my life flipped upside down? Nothing about his life changed. Like, nothing about it changed. And I was just so angry about that. Like, this pivot is a punishment. But that was one of the things that I learned is that, when you hold on to your own plans, then the pivot can feel like a punishment because you're not open to any type of changes and you're not open to possibly that pivot being your protection. You know, I've heard from a lot of people like you were saved, like your whole entire life was saved because this is definitely narcissistic behavior to know that you want mm. more time yeah. you know you want more time but you don't communicate that in your mind you say i'm gonna still have her move here because once at least i get her here i can convince her to just give me more time i'm not gonna tell her before she moves i'm gonna wait till after that's cool. Like you thought about that, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sat on that. He sat on that for a minute. He did. Nobody wakes up and makes a life change like that. Um, Nobody just wakes up. You sit on you're sitting on that for at least a week at minimum. If not longer. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's you know, I want you know you, you a little specific with it. You know what I mean? You just ain't you just ain't say the occupation. So, but what? No, I'm just saying like your story is very detailed. You know, you just ain't say just say where you didn't say what he did. Oh, <laughs> he's a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pastor. Um, I will say before. This entire season of my life, I had never had a boyfriend that was not a pastor or not a bishop. Um, so <laughs> that is not that I go seeking out these type of men in leadership. Oh. I think because I'm naturally a leader. And then, of course, I go to church. So 
I attract them, you know? And so he is a pastor. Like he doesn't have his own church, but he's the pastor at his dad's church. So that was another piece of it as well, because, Yay. you know, of course I was pranced around church and introduced to everybody and pranced around the city and introduced to other pastors and yeah <laughs> and i'm sure of course was like oh where did she go where did she go and i'm sure he gave no answer <laughs> please please i respect it though because you you you're, you're saying what i be thinking i just don't be saying it so i understand it's uh you know it is what it is I put it on my social media and to be honest, hundreds of women reached out to me and were like, thank you for being brave enough to share that because millions of women, and not just saying women only go through this, but are ghosted or disappointed or, you know, let down or gassed up that they're going to have a certain future with somebody. And then they just change their mind. And I mean, we've talked about this. I, my concept is women are the ones that get chosen. And <laughs> we are the ones that literally <clears throat> sit back and hope that a guy doesn't ghost us or hope that he doesn't just message us to death and then disappear <laughs> or that he doesn't fill us with all these empty promises but that they're gonna be real and be consistent and be intentional and you know reciprocate the love that we desire to give somebody so yeah it's hard out here <laughs> hey man I I can't, I can't, I can't speak on that. You know, what I mean, I, I think I do enough. You know, I think, I think I do, I think I do more. I think I do more than enough. But no, that's that is crazy though. Um, I actually had a conversation with my mom like the other day, and I was telling her, um, you know, people that have stories like this, when they do share it, you'd be surprised how many people actually like reach out. They be going through Absolutely. the same thing. It's like it's like an, it's like. To most people, it's almost embarrassing to be like, oh, you know, I did this for somebody. But, you know, again, what you did for them, you, you truly thought it was going somewhere. And so mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up from that. So it's a lot of women, I would say men too, that do that. And you don't want to talk about it because you're like, man, like you look like a like a sucker or you look stupid. But it's like, I mean, you thought it was going one way and you can't, yeah. control, the, you can't control the action of somebody else and what they do. So. Uh, absolutely i commend you for using your energy to you know telling people how to overcome it because absolutely it's hard to bounce back man it's hard to bounce you back. have to i feel like <laughs> one of the things that was the main instrument to my depression was shame like i was embarrassed so embarrassed because i was like dang yolanda you look so stupid like <laughs> You moved out here, you uprooted your entire life, like you left your church, you left your family, you left your home, you left your job. Like as soon as he even asked me, I was just like, let me hear you from my side. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So to yeah. leave everything, you know what I'm saying? I just feel so stupid. And so that is what really held me captive to even being able to move forward or to move forward in type of healing um, or progress in therapy, like any of those things, because I was just so embarrassed. And so part of me even regaining any type of power was me sharing my story and relinquishing, you know, that level of control. And to be honest, to see the just level of outreach from women who could just resonate with the story or just to say thank you for sharing it like most women would be too embarrassed to say I uprooted my life for a dude and he just changed his mind overnight <laughs> like and so yeah I, even my mom because I didn't tell my mom I was doing it her sister saw it and <laughs> she was like oh my god did you see what Yolanda put on social media and my mom was like no like I have a life I don't be on social media right. and so she got up there and she saw it she read everything I created this whole entire reel like it was very detailed wow. <laughs> yeah I did um <laughs> in addition to like journaling I also do video journaling and so I put some of those in there too, like of me bawling, crying, like ugly crying. I just didn't care. I was like, I want people to see my entire process from beginning to end. And I just left it all out there just raw. And so my mom was like, I think that, you know, it takes a lot of courage to just be that vulnerable and, you know, allow other people to see, actually see what you have overcome. Because we can share where we are now, but it's even more effective to share how you got there and what that process looks like. No, I agree. That's my biggest thing. That's my biggest thing with social media is that everybody just shows, you know, the good things and mm -hmm. you know, everything is, you know, done right or whatever. So, I mean, I, I may, again, commend you for uh, sharing that and you know, I mean, it got us, it got us here. So, you know, I, I know <laughs> this angry guy in the corner <laughs> triggered by the kids was, running around the room. <laughs> I was so mad. Ugh. And then I had to try into our next event only to tell you like, well, <laughs> I've learned it happened to me. And you was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was happy yeah. for you, man. I was happy for you. I was like, look at you about to, you know, move on with your next life. I mean, I, you know, my story, I wasn't that much far removed, I guess, from the timing of what was supposed to happen too. So it's, it's cool when those things don't happen. And it's like, oh, it's not just you. It's, it's somebody mm -hmm. Like I'm not in this thing by myself. Like there are people out here who love hard. <laughs> and oh, do yeah, sure. some crazy things for love because I do like I love so hard once you got me like it's a wrap like I will do <laughs> I'm dead serious you can ask any of my exes like that's why they all of them ended just amicably like I could call any of them right now I wouldn't because Half of them are married, <laughs> so that lets you know they were good guys. They just 
we're not ready and we're not for me. But does that ever yeah. bother you? That you know, I've always wanted to ask a woman that. Mm -hmm. I know there's certain people that like we're connected to in our life experience and you know maybe it just didn't work out and then like years later they get married but I always hear you know a woman be frustrated like oh that's the guy I'm supposed to marry but he wasn't ready for me but here comes this other woman five years later like does that bother you? It happens it happens and I've heard both sides like I've yeah. heard I mean, I told you I bumped into my ex's ex and, you know, <laughs> her question was, well, Dag, it sounds like we were dating two different people because the guy that he was for you, he could not show up to be that person for me. I didn't get a ring. I didn't get a house. I didn't get trips and gifts and all this stuff. Like, what made you different from me? And, and then I've heard somebody say, you know, I was that girl that if you was to ask his ex, they would say, oh, he's a bum or he's an F boy. But when he got with me, he desired to change because of me. So you get both ends of the spectrum when it comes to women. I don't feel any type of way about my exes being married because they were not for me. Um, we had a great relationship when it was and when they expressed not being ready, I had no problem moving on and giving them <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it depends on the woman, you know, because right. if you do have confidence in yourself and what you bring to the table, um, then that makes a huge difference when someone says you are amazing like I hear guys say all the time you're so easy to follow up with or you're an anomaly like I hear that all the time and I'm just like well I'm tired of y'all saying it because <laughs> nobody <laughs> still has wiped me up but I, I didn't feel any type of way to hear that they got married I was happy for them because I knew that they were great guys they just apparently were not great guys for me and I want somebody that is for me. So no, I don't feel any type of way about them being married. <clears throat> That's fair. You just you said you said some things in there, and I was just kind of like, all right, let's. What? Let's, what did I say? No, no, no it's a, I'm just joking with you. I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> you know, you just you be you know. The confidence, man, is an all-time high. Oh, I know mm. we are not talking, sir, because <laughs> I hear the egocentric record play <laughs> 24-7, okay? <laughs> well, look what, that's, look what that's got me, right? So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even say I'm egocentric. I just know what type of guy I am, you know? It's a, it, rather, and rather, you let it be known quite often. Yeah, why not? Like, exactly. Don't <laughs> so get off me about saying uh, what other I mean, people have told me. I didn't even say, oh, I think I'm amazing. I said I was no, I have told. to. I have to because it's uh yeah. I think my experience is always different though, because yeah, I don't I don't have people I can just call on speed dial like that I used to I used to date. That's my life is by choice, but it's just also like um yeah, I've always been the one that's been either ready to commit or mm -hmm. things ain't work out. So yeah, it's just kind of like you gotta remind yourself, all right, well it's just okay, it's just not your time, at least not with this person. Yeah. Maybe it's else. But no, I you know, yeah, I got I got a little 
little little ego, but that's it's it's from a it's from a good place. I just know what type of person I am. So as you should, as we all should, we should know what type of person that we are. <laughs> Talk like Phil Cedric. That's that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little true. I'm working on it. It's you know a little I mean? true. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but you said something earlier that I want to kind of to kind of um get kind of close to wrapping up. You mentioned mm-hmm. something about uh people being intimidated by you. I mean, I think as far as as you as you reflect on your dating experience, do you feel like that's what it came down to? Was it uh, there was something that you were bringing that scared them? Or was it how who you are is it what you've done i mean you do a lot now so you know you don't work at your I mean, you work a nine to five but you know you be in miami you know on the weekends or you're in atlanta the week after i mean you were just in miami by the way let's not let's not forget like i should do that give me such a hard time no it was in a conference <laughs> you know i i can't just go to miami and you was there but you know let's what, what, what do you think what do you think what do you think when people say that uh they're alluding to I think it's a little bit of both. I've had an ex-boyfriend who also bought a ring. And I don't know. I feel like by the end of it, he just just changed. He was like, oh, well, I know when you start doing this, you're not going to need me anymore. And when you make it big, you're not going to need me. It's just like, the conversations always stemmed from insecurities and where he saw me going and the things that he thought I would do in life and how it would supersede who he was. And I never felt like I was out of his league, you know, because he was just an amazing guy. Like all of the stuff that he did for me and just, being who he was, I never had any complaints at all. But I think that he began to become insecure when he saw who I was. And I wasn't even doing nothing. Like, I was a grad student, baroque, <laughs> living with my parents. Like, what, what do you see? And sometimes I always say it's amazing how insecurities or jealousy can be prophetic because people who show insecurities around you because of what they see in you, but you don't see those things in yourself. It's like, wow, like you see things that aren't even there yet and they're making you insecure. That's something, you know? And so I think that that was a huge part of it. Um, My other exes, like it was just the timing like they just were not in a place where they were ready and they saw that I was and so they didn't want to drag things out or give me a hush ring and I would not (laughs) want one (laughs) so let me just give you the you're an amazing woman you're just it's just uh, the wrong timing. Right. <laughs> you know, it's nothing wrong with you. Like, it's me. I mean, whoever comes after you is really going to have a hard time. Like, I get that speech and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, it can be discouraging because it's like, well, if I'm so amazing and if I'm so great, then what's the problem? But 
timing is everything. You know, you cannot make someone be ready. You can't make someone's timing align with yours. It's just got to be something that naturally aligns and something that you both really agree with. And then I also feel like my longest relationship ended because we started just growing at different paces and it came to a point where he needed me more than I needed him. And he reminded me of that all the time. Um, and one thing I learned from that is you should never let somebody's need for you overshadow their expiration date. Like when a relationship is supposed to end, um, you should let it end and not stay with that person just because of the codependency. And I knew that, you know, he depended on me for a lot of things and because he had nobody else in his life. So that is what was keeping me there. And I never want to be with somebody out of obligation. And so, you know, ending that relationship when I basically grew up in that relationship, you know, was difficult, but it was needed. And so, again, you know, I just, I don't feel any type of way with how things ended with any of those relationships or I just feel as though those were key things, whether it was insecurities or whether it was timing. Either way, that's why they ended. So now we're moving on and moving forward with new CEOs. <laughs> you know, I wasn't even gonna say that, man, but I ain't, I ain't gonna. <laughs> Shout out to you, brother. You know who you are out there, man. I'm, I'm rooting for you, brother. I'm rooting for you, too. <laughs> for real. Hey, she ain't want to... Look, you need somebody to work with on the side. You need somebody to <laughs> no, I got you. No, like, I'm, I'm here. I got an education background. I care about the kids. I mean, I heard you doing a, a lot of great things. So, that's... Shout out to him, man. That's a that's a that's a good yes, guy. I give him a shout out. Yes. That's that's <laughs> that's beautiful. All right, so we have we have covered a lot here, man. Mm -hmm. and so with with this book, with this next book, what what do you think is your ultimate goal? I guess when it's all said and done, actually, let's take it. Let's take a step further. What do you think your ultimate goal with all this? You know, from the speaking to you know, writing books to the conferences, the coaching, like what is your ultimate goal uh -huh. say, in, in, in your journey? I would say my ultimate goal is to just teach people how to, you know, share their story and how to really escape their own caves. Um, I think everybody has a cave at some point in their life. Uh, I think everybody has some place in their life where they feel they've been stuck. And so it happens to all of us. And so being able to have the proper tools or just a proper encouragement to really escape that space and navigate through purpose and really navigate through transition 
um, are great steps to achieving the very things that you do desire to achieve in life. And that's my ultimate goal is to just help people show up as the best versions of themselves because I've watched my life evolve within these past couple of years um, and do things that I never thought that I would do because of just my natural quiet nature. So I'm always a testament to other people that it doesn't matter what your personality is or background is. You know, I come from a very, very country <laughs> town. Like we had one stoplight, like that's it. We had like a population of, I don't know, a thousand people, probably 500 people. Like my dad was the mayor. <laughs> And I just thought that was so amazing. Like, oh, my God, amazing. Oh, and come to find out as an adult, like, oh, God, like, I could have done that job. But, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, the life I live, very simple, very just modest and understated. And then to post-pandemic, to be thrown into this life it just shows people overnight the shift and the change that can take place once you really embrace uh, familiarity. So I think the enemy of our faith is familiarity because we desire for things to be so familiar around us. And sometimes we run away from things that are uncomfortable, but I always challenge people to, you know, be comfortable with, being uncomfortable because our challenges take us to places we would never go on our own. <laughs> I think that's it. That's all I need to hear. That was Drop it. the mic. Drop the mic. You know, I want to respect your time before I know the invoice come in, so I'm going to just... Stop! I'm going to stop it right here. You know, I know you got... I know you got... Um, you know, filet mignon probably being made behind you. You know what I'm saying? Private chef probably got the, the black suburban outside. I, I get it, though. I understand, like, the life of you is what I inspire to get to, man. So, you know. But, all right, so seriously, I do appreciate you joining. Where can people find you, though? Where, where can people find you on social media? Okay, well, my social media handle is the same across the board for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, TikTok. Wait. You still using Clubhouse, man? I thought that was. No, I'm not. Okay, but I, I mean, say, I... I have an account. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's at Yolanda D Mercer, and that's on all platforms. So you can definitely find me there. Um, if you are interested in having a life coach, or if you're interested, you know, in booking me for any type of conference, my website is the same, yolandademercer.com. <laughs> so you cannot miss me. And I'm excited about what this next year is going to bring. And I'm thankful to be here. Hey man, I appreciate it. You know, it's this was great. It's the best way to start off my my new journey with this. And before I move, yes, I know big things. 
just trying to be like you, man. You're just trying to live that 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 that, that lavish lifestyle, you know. So Stop. I don't know why you think my lifestyle is so lavish. <laughs> well, you, why don't you just say Kiki on the river? <laughs> that is it. Yeah, I like I, yeah, I'm gonna say that at the end. That was I appreciate you using my suggestion. That was great. You, you didn't want to I you usually one. take your suggestions. I, I try to <laughs> I I try to tell you, you know, and you went. Wish you would have just told me. You know, like, oh, I want the Kiki on the river. Like, <laughs> well, I told you that I would. I just wasn't gonna post anything about it. And that breaks my heart. <laughs> that's okay though. I appreciate it. We appreciate you joining. Make sure to follow her on all the platforms. I'll put it up once this is out. Uh yeah, man. You enjoy your day. You know, I know you got a lot going on. I'll see you soon. And <laughs> that's these little idiots. Yeah, nothing else to say. Well, I appreciate you all. Until next time. 